0: Today we wanted to share from both of our perspectives a couple of minutes as to uh, the influence of a godly mother. Amen. Amen. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5, it says, I have been reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded." now lives in you too. So that was Paul talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. He was saying, I've seen your life. I've seen how you are a godly man, how you've grown up in the Lord, how you have a powerful ministry, how you're serving alongside of me. But I see your mother reflected in your life. So we want to touch on three areas that are pivotal in a mother's life. The first thing we want to touch on are a mother's tools You have tools, Mom. It's not easy doing what you do. Mm -hmm. I remember when we were first married, uh, shortly after we got married, we moved to the Brooklyn-Queens border. And all our family was on the Manhattan side or on the Bronx side. So suddenly nobody wanted to visit us. And we we started having children right away. So by age 22, we already had three children. So nobody wanted to be around us. Yeah, because we would invariably ask him to babysit so we could get a break. So I worked 14, 16 hours a day because not only did I have my first job, but also my second job. Then I went to school at night. So basically, Pastor Gwen had to raise these kids mostly on her own. And I remember when I would get home, she was, take me out, please. (laughs) So I would put Natalie here, and I'd have two kids in a double stroller, and we would walk the streets, and we were young, 23, and we had three kids, and people would look at us. They would go, and I would say, what? It would just annoy me that people would, you know, look at us that way. But I saw in the early days how much she had to go through. So thank God that she had tools, and she had to learn to dig in deep to those particular tools. And the first one I'm asked for Pastor Gwen to share with you, and that is on prayer and intercession.
1: I got up my gear. Um, I just want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and greet every mother here. You are special. I know how hard you work. That video brought back a lot of memories for me when my kids were small. And But at least I have to say, at least I have to say that I didn't get a vacuum cleaner. I have to say that my husband always bought me some kind of stones, which I love, diamonds, rubies. Hey, at least something. <laughs> So, at least I got something. I didn't get a vacuum cleaner. I think I would have had a fit if I would have gotten a vacuum cleaner but um i mean it's it's um mothering is one of the greatest things one can ever do in their lifetime. It's not easy, nobody says that it's easy. I remember when I first had my daughter Natalie um I was twenty one years old and When I gave birth to her, it dawned on me, didn't dawn on me while I was carrying her or after birthing her, but after a few days, it finally dawned on me that I was going to be responsible for her for the next 20 whatever years. And it was like a shock to me at that moment. And I go, oh no, what did I get myself into? You know, you don't realize the, you know, what what it means to be a mother. You know, that you just don't give birth and leave them alone, that, you know, that you're going to have to watch over them. You're going to have to take care of them. You're going to have to be with them 24-7 for the rest of you. And then you think they grow up and you think you're over, but it's never over. Mothering just continues. It goes on and on. Then the grandkids come and you feel like you're starting all over again, right? But um, it has been a privilege, wonderful for me, to have been a, be able to be a grandmother. That's your, God bless me with a beautiful grandson, and I'm just so happy and thrilled about that, that I don't mind starting all over again. But one of the things I want to talk to you today is prayer and intercession. One of the tools you have as a parent and as a mother is prayer and intercession. And a lot of people don't utilize that tool. People go through things with their children, but they don't use the tools that are available to to them. And I think that the prayers of a mother, of a grandmother, goes a very long way. God has shown me that through prayer, things change, and they do change. And I speak about intercession and prayer today because I have done some interceding and some prayer, not just for my children, but for other things. And I've seen the hand of God move in a mighty way where change has come about. I can stand here today and give you testimony after testimony of prayer and intercession in my personal life and God has moved and God has shown me what to do step-by-step. Step. Has, that, has that ever happened to any of you where you're going through something even with your child or with somebody, in, an individual, and God begins to give you strategy. And He begins to teach you and show you how to pray and what to do. We don't do much fasting, but I like to incorporate fasting in there too because prayer and fasting are two very powerful tools that very few people know about or understand. I think that a lot of Christians just put aside fasting and they don't think about it much. But things begin to change. I mean, even the simplest of things. I remember my husband and I, when we were uh, in the Bronx and there was a tree in front of our house and I was like, oh man, that tree is just a pain because the roots were growing underground and it was going into my sewer and busting through the pipes and it was such a pain. But the city wouldn't take it down because the city don't care. You know, that's your problem. You know, it goes into your sewer, you gotta take care of it, it's your problem. Uh, if, this, if this tree is not sick or it's not dying, they're not going to bring it down. They're not going to take it down for you. So I began to pray, Lord, let the tree die. In the- <laughs> and I began to pray like Jesus prayed for the fig tree, you know, that it won't give forth its fruit. So I began to pray in faith. And I said, let the tree die because I, I, we've got to get rid of this tree, but the city wouldn't take it down. You know, eventually time, you know, because God doesn't do things in our timetable either. Just because we pray doesn't mean that you're going to get your answer tomorrow. But a few you know, a few years went by, about a couple of years, right, like three or four years went by, and the tree began to get fungus. It grew fungus, and then it started to deteriorate from the inside. The bark was falling. And then finally I called the city, and I told them, you're going to wait for this tree to fall on somebody's head and kill somebody before you take it down because already it was rotting from the inside. You could literally see the tree rot. The bark was rotting. So we would get high winds in that area. So I said, one high wind, that tree is going to come down and kill so, so they came and they tagged the tree. They took it down right before we sold the house. But that just goes to show you the power of prayer. When you have children, they keep you on your knees. I don't know if most of you know that. Children can sometimes keep you on your knees. And I remember when my kids growing up, sometimes I didn't know whether to kill them or pray for them. <laughs> really. I don't know if you go through that. But, you know, sometimes you just want to choke them to death. I mean, has that ever happened? Oh, I'm the only mother that goes through that. Come on. You know. And um, so you don't know whether to pray for them or to kill them. But I could tell you that there were times when God had to tell me you got to love them through. You know, with that kind of love, you got to love them through. Because there are times that the flesh just wants to take over and you just want to, like, let me get them by the neck and. But then you realize, you know, it's through prayer and through love and through intercession of a mother where change will come about. Many people are always saying, oh, my kids are doing this and my kids are doing that. I'm going to change it with my children. But have you prayed? Have you stopped to intercede? Have you stopped to fast for your children, to see the answer come forth? Because when you incorporate those things, God moves in a mighty way, and not again, not in your timetable, but in his timetable, it could take a month, it could take weeks or it could take a year. But God will move as you intercede.
0: One of the verses in Ezekiel 22:30 says, "I looked for a man among them who would build up a wall and stand before me." in the gap on behalf of the land, in other words intercede for the land so that I would not have to destroy it, but I found none. In that particular time there was nobody that would intercede. And yet in the New Testament, uh, Paul, he confirmed the importance of intercession. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, he says, I urge them, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone for kings, for all those in authority, that we might live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth.
1: So standing in the gap is one of the most important things you can do as a mother. Today we're focusing on mothers, I know there's fathers here, but we're focusing on mothers. As a mother, standing in the gap is one of the most important things you will ever do for your child. If you see misbehavior or certain attitudes, yes, you have to, you know, to uh, uh, raise them with a strong hand and discipline is also part of that. But intercession is one of the most important tools you can have as a parent. You want to see those change? You want to see your child come? How many of you, your children are not serving the Lord right now? Are you interceding for them? Are you, are you uh, praying for them daily? and interceding for their salvation because I'm gonna tell you right now as you begin to incorporate that prayer every single day in your life and you begin to fast for your children they're going to know the Lord they're gonna come forth and, and, and come to Christ but you have to take the time to intercede and pray mothers you are so powerful I cannot reiterate how powerful you are as a woman of God but also as a mother with children you have the power in your hands to make things turn around And as you pray and incorporate that power, you're going to see changes that you never thought were possible in your family.
0: And not only that, but when Paul was talking to Timothy, he was talking to a world changer. Because Timothy not only was a great man of God, and uh, not only an armor bearer to Paul, but in his own right, Mm -hmm. he became a great leader. And even uh, uh, two epistles are written in his name. So this man left a great legacy, but Paul said the core... Well, the beginnings of that great legacy began with mom and grandma praying, praying, interceding, and now brings us to the next point, which is advice and wisdom. You mothers need to understand, if you don't, that the advice you give today shapes tomorrow. Many great men of God have confessed that it was their mother that mm-hmm. held them in the straight and narrow until they were able to mature enough to stand on their own. So we praise God for the advice and the wisdom that we receive through our mothers. The great King Lemuel said this in Proverbs 31.1. He said, the sayings of King Lemuel, an oracle, a speaker, his mother taught him. So one of the Proverbs, in a recognition as to where the source of the wisdom came from, was the great King Lemuel as taught by his mother. Can we praise the Lord for moms? Amen. Amen. The word of the Lord also says in Proverbs thirteen, fourteen, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a man from the snares of death. How many times have you, mom, turned your son or your daughter's life away from death by an advice? By a word in place by a discernment or a word of knowledge that you received in a, in a dream or, or, or just a momentary fragment of knowledge that God gives you that suddenly you say, whoa, 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 daughter, be careful of this. Son, be careful mm-hmm. of this. The wisdom of God flows through moms. Proverbs 19, 20, listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you will be wise. And that's important because if you listen today, tomorrow, when you are connected to a possibility of life or death, you will pick wisdom, and you will live. The Bible says the wisdom, the, the, the wisdom of man literally keeps him alive, but the foolishness of man ends to death. In other words, when we reject knowledge, you know the Bible says, honor your father and your mother, so that
1: your days will, your be, long. Days
0: will be long on earth. Many men and women's lives have been cut short because they rejected the wisdom of their parents. And the last verse on that is, wisdom will save you from the days, or rather, from the ways of wicked men and men whose words are perverse. Why? Because as you listen, it shapes your mindset. It shapes your worldview. So when you hear something that does not align with the word of God, it doesn't align with the wisdom you received from home, you're able to say, you know, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to accept it in my life. I'm not going to accept that behavior. I'm not going to accept what you're saying about me. How many young kids today have accepted the nonsense they've heard in school? Mm -hmm. And they've allowed their identity to be shaped and formed because that knucklehead who doesn't like you or who's jealous about you just spoke some evil words into your life. But thank God for mothers. When you come home crying, what does mother do? No, don't listen to that, that nonsense. Don't listen to that knucklehead. You're beautiful. You're worth it. You're worthy. And then she starts praying to get rid of that nonsense that that child received.
1: You know, a lot of children, when you give them advice, they make believe they're not listening. But I find that they do listen. They're just making believe they're not listening. How many of you have encountered that with your own children? Because then later on, as they're older, they grow up, they're quoting things that you told them a long time ago where you thought they were not listening and that you were just talking in vain and it was going in one ear and coming out the other or going over their head. Yet they take it to heart, but they don't tell you that yeah, I get it, it's in here, you know you'll see it later when they're a lot older, but I like that verse that says, "Train up a child in the way that he should go." And as mothers, and that's what we need to do. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he grows old, he will not depart from it. And I've seen that in my own children. Tra- we train them up to know Christ, to love the Lord, to serve him. And, you know, if, if anything happens to them, they always revert back to God. Because they understand they've been trained up knowing that God is real. That God is not a fake, but that God is real and that we are serving a powerful and real God. So whenever they're going through turmoil or their own issues or whatever the case may be, like all of us go through, they always go back to God because they know that God has their confidence. They can come back to God and God is going to help see them through their situation. And they're not afraid because they know that God is greater in them than he that is in the world. So when I speak to them, I know because they quote me and I go, okay, they're listening. And mothers, I just want to tell you today, this is so important. Today we have uh, mothers, and I've seen this a lot, where they say they want to be friends with their children. But I'm going to tell you right now, God didn't call you to be your child's friend. God called you to be your child's mother. And God called you to bring discipline. You, A friend cannot discipline another friend. That's why God didn't call you to be your child's friend. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you got to be my friend. No, I don't have to be your friend. i got to be your mother because I was called to be your mother. I was not called to be your friend. And when I have to discipline you, I'm going to discipline you and do whatever it takes so that you can walk a straight line. You know why? Because that's what God called me to do. Because one day I got to go before the Lord Almighty and give an account for your life. Therefore, I'm not your friend. I'm your mother. And you respect me as such. And I just want, I don't know why I had to say that this today, but I've seen that in a lot of relationships with mothers and daughters and sons. I'm not your friend. I'm your mother. Your mo- a friend can't discipline each other, but a mother who loves her child, will discipline his or her child when he needs to do so.
0: Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And a child understands that when they have their own children. Once they have their own children, mm-hmm. they were, Whoa, now I understand, Mom, yeah. what you were talking about. Moms can be friendly, mm-hmm. but they have to be uh, able and free to be able to turn on a dime So okay, now it's discipline time. Mm-hmm. Amen? Right. Praise God. The next point is nurturing. Timothy was nurtured by his grandmother and mother. And you could see because of the nurture, the love that was there, that nurturing is to help a child to grow, to be an acceptable part of community and society. To help develop, to help grow, to provide nourishment and to bring up. In other words, you're there. You're, you remain with your children. You don't kick them to the curb. So Timothy, uh, he remained in that household. He was nurtured by grandma and ma, and you could see the le- legacy that he was able to achieve. And I appreciate uh, this nurturing aspect. You know, in God, God has both mother and father in him. You see, So when we come to Jesus, we, we get the full extract of that. But here on earth, he made dads and moms. And I find, to a certain degree, I have a certain thing to add to my children. And because I am there, I'm present, they get the blessing of dad. But there are some things I can't give to them. So that I pass on to her. Another thing we've been able to do is we partner. And we agreed early on that I would be responsible for uh, one or two of them, and she'd be responsible for the others. So we agreed that the children, when they come to us, they they grow to an age where they become psychologists. And they're very smart. And they know how to pit parent against parent. They'll come to me, Dad, look what she's doing. She's driving me crazy. Will you stop her? So early on, we told them, I'm sorry. I'm not responsible for that. That's her job. And I gave her the autonomy to do what she needed to do in that respect. In the same measure, sometimes they would come to her, Mom, look what Dad is doing. He's, he's acting too tough or this and that. And she's sorry, Dad's got the last word on that. So we were in a spirit of unity as to what we were going to do when they would try to come and confuse us. But we, had, you know, we were all hooked up and we had it together. <laughs> Praise God. So that helped us. But this nurturing thing, help them because today they can look back and say, you know, in our key years they were there for us. Now we also recognize that there's a certain journey that they must take on their own with God. Dad and Mom can only take them a certain way. Then after that we pass them on to Almighty God and then they develop their own relationship because we don't want them to depend on our faith. We need them to have their own faith in God. But we can nurture them to the point where they can move on and have their own faith.
1: Uh, nurturing is a very interesting word because so many different people have different ideas of what it means to nurture someone. Um, some people may think it's spoiling, you know, and or something different. But um, it was interesting because I looked up the word just, you know, because what you think a word means, it means it's something totally different. And the word nurturing meant helping a child to grow, to be an acceptable part of community and society. I thought that was very interesting because we're lacking a lot in that area. Parents today are, you know, it's not all the parents fault, but some of them are so busy in their jobs and and, in what they're doing in their personal lives that they're not nurturing the children. So today you're seeing a lot of children that are not acceptable, are not acceptable to the community or society, and more and more young kids are, are out in the streets killing people. Uh, they're out in the streets doing all kinds of crime, um, going to prison, and so we're lacking a lot in the nurturing area in this society, and I think it has to do also with the fact that, you know, for mothers, and I know that everybody here agrees, our hands are tied behind our back, because the government ties your hands behind the back in the sense that if you spank your child, you you go lose your child, or... You know, uh, if you bring that discipline, you they'll take your the child away from you or you'll go to prison or whatever the case may be. So a, a lot of people, because of that, have taken their hands off the nurturing part and pretty much allowed their children to do whatever they want to do. As a child of God and as a woman of God, I urge you to nurture your children and be strong with them when you need to be strong with them. Love them when they need to be loved, but when they need that strong hand that you give it to them as one, well you nurture them. Why? Because you want them to grow up to be that acceptable person in society and not a burden to society.
0: You know, I, Amen. Good word. Preaches this. You know, I, I come from a generation. My dad was uh, very tough. My, my dad would take me, you know, he'd mess me up. Probably today it would be called child abuse.
1: Yeah. No, oh, I, I mean, mean, it. I mean it. in
0: today's definition, would probably be child abuse. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I remember when I was coming up, when I wanted to do some of these bad things because it was supposed to be cool. If I did it, my friends would accept me, whether it was steal or whether it was beat somebody else. You know the thing that would hold me? I was afraid that Dad was going to come to school and beat me right in my blessed assurance. Yeah. I remember one time I did something, and the sixth grade teacher, her name was Mrs. Weiner. Yeah, it was. I'll never forget her name because she scared me, because she called Mom and Mom came to school. Said, He's not doing his homework. He's not doing this, and I'm a, I'm scared because I know what Mom was going to do. Is that's it? That's it. I'm going to tell you. Your father, that's it. When we get home, that's it for you. But I knew what that meant. And I was scared all day. I was scared all night. My grades went up. I, I, I passed the sixth grade. I started doing my homework again. And it was a good, healthy fear of my dad's belt. Now, again, I'm, I want to be very careful because I don't advocate us just beating on kids crazy. Mm-hmm. But sometimes healthy fear is good for you. We can't throw out the baby with the bath water. And now kids don't respect their their fa- their mother and father. I see kids talking with their parents. You're tell me what to do. <laughs> Boy! You understand? In the old day, in the old days, in the old days, mom's hand would clack, 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 clack. Ding! And that's it. Now we, we, we have, I guess... We, we're more enlightened. But sometimes we get too enlightened, and we go overboard. So there has to be a way to still produce a healthy fear in the children, not of dread, but just, you know, if I do this, I'm going to pay a price. You know why? Let me explain why. We don't touch our children. They go out and commit the crime. The police will hit your children.
1: I'll beat them up. The yeah.
0: police will shoot your children dead, and then you've got to go into the funeral. Not Al, though. Not Al. (laughs) Al's a man of God. Who go? Who go? Come here, boy. Come over here. Come out. (laughs) No, no. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. The kids at home, they don't respect authority. So they go out and they speak to an officer any way they want to. Because they think that they can talk to the officer like they talk to their parents. But if their parents taught them at home, boy, you better respect. Your, uh, your elders. When I was in church years ago, say years ago, years ago. We would sit in the congregation. A child would start acting up. And I, don't get me wrong. In this church, the children act beautifully. <laughs> but the ushers in those days, in those days, it was permitted to take the child by the ear. Come here, boy. It would bring the child t- to the parents and say, put this boy in control. Or girl, whoever it it is. And, then the, and, and so they would get an ear thing by the usher, their mom and dad would take them to the bathroom. And the child would come back, the child would come back like
1: this. Double whammy.
0: <laughs> and they'd sit down and they'd obey and everything be alright. What I'm saying is this nurturing thing. If we do it right at home, mm-hmm. I'm, not ta- I'm not talking about beating a child's sense. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not right. advocating that. And I want to be very careful. I don't believe in corporal punishment to the point where you hurt a child. But sometimes, right. you've just got to You know, come here a second. And and if you have to take the cell phone away, take that thing away. That thing is probably teaching them bad I don't know how to talk in the year 2012. This message was easier in the 1980s. Just don't forget the importance of a mother's nurture. And a father's, by the way. Mother's nurture. You take them by the side. You know, if you're going to become a gang member, one of the first things you need it's a beating. Oh, you're not getting that. Right. Yeah. In order for you to become a gang member, they beat the living daylights out of you. You got to earn, earn it. And then once you earn it, you're like, all right, man, <laughs> woo, I'm part of the family now. <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> I'm saying if you got it at home, you'd be all right, right? You wouldn't need the gang, you wouldn't need the surrogate family. We need family, we need nurture. Sorry, I, I, got, I got beside myself. Amen. (laughs) Honey, help me out here. I I guess we
1: got into discipline, right? Um, In the area of discipline. But I don't know how to discipline a child better than God can discipline a child. Um, And God teaches us in his word. He says, you spare the rod, you spoil the child. And that's not my words. Just in the Bible if you want to look it up in Proverbs. You know, you spare the rod, you spoil the child. You know, God knows better about rearing children than we do. And if he put that in his word, it was because it was important. So that we teach our children proper values. You also have another verse in that Bible that also says, you know, um, he who fails to discipline his own child hates his own child. That's a strong word. If you fail to discipline your child, you hate your own child. So that is a very powerful word. And I agree with my husband. There is a thin line between discipline. For some people who don't know how to discipline, they go overboard, and child abuse. There is a thin line between that. But there's also, you can't throw out the baby with the bath water. Sometimes a child needs a strong rod to grow up straight. There's some children, you can talk to them, and they're they're very passive, and they'll listen. And then there's some that God just has a sense of humor, brings you that difficult child. And when you get that difficult child, sometimes talking ain't going to work, but the rod is going to work. And I was reading in the, you know, modern-day Bible, the living Bible. I was reading those verses in there, and I like the way they put the modern-day vernacular in there. And one of the verses says, um, I went out to say, beat your child, for he will not die, but you will save his soul from hell. And I took that, you know, but this is modern-day vernacular. It doesn't say beat him to death or send him to hospital. Please, that's not what I'm saying. It says, beat your child. For he will not die, but you will save his soul from hell. And I'm going to tell you, I came up in a big family. There were eight of us growing up. And my mother was a super disciplinarian. She definitely would have been in jail today if she would have lived in this time. And they would have said child abuse. But I'm going to tell you that if it hadn't been for her strong hand with my older brother, he he would not have been a productive member of society, he probably be, would have been doing some crazy stuff. But because my mother had that strong disciplinarian streak where she didn't let him get away with anything, today he's a productive member of society, a good husband and a good man of God.
0: Think about it. You, you look at the army. You get this, this young boy, goes into the army, doesn't respect anybody. What are the tools that they use to mature him quickly? What, what do they use? What? What? Physical discipline. They make them get up four in the morning, uh, get out of bed, make your bed in three minutes, and run out ten miles before breakfast. Yell in your face. Isn't it interesting? That's acceptable. But what happens? What is the result of it? What's the result? The man comes home, he calls his dad and mom, sir and ma'am, probably for the first time in their lives. Mm Mm-hmm. So there are ways that we can provide. You don't have to do like the old days, but still discipline is vital. And that's one of the tools, godly discipline. And probably there's some teenagers here that are upset at this message right now. But wait till you have your children. Believe me, it's important. And it's important that you listen to mom and dad praise God so that you you too can have a godly legacy. The next thing is love because this all has to be tempered by love. You can't do this in anger. You have to do this in love. You have to do this with vision. Any parent that's going to um, discipline a child in anger, that is a dangerous place. Because anger sometimes could, could lead to a very dangerous thing. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it says, Love is patient. So you, just for any little thing, you don't want to lose it. So, that, Again, now here's the flip side. We're not just giving you one part, we're giving you the other side. And that is love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth, love always protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres, always, love never fails, so as moms who love with godly love, they'll look at that child they'll see that child's vision, they'll see that child's future, they'll see that child's legacy. Pray, discipline, encourage them, mentor them and nurture them according to their future picture of their child.
1: Love is so important because it, it transcends a lot of things, you know. Love transcends many things and you know, even though sometimes I said before, sometimes you don't know whether to choke your child or love them and pray for them, it transcends those feelings. And so love is a very key important thing in uh, development for a child. But I'm going to tell you it's not easy because we as mothers, because today we're focusing on mothers, we can love our child, but we don't have to like them very much. Seriously. There's a big difference between the two. So you can love your child but not like them at the moment. There have been times my kids have done things I said, well, I don't like you right now because, you know, I don't like what you're doing. But I love you, but I'm not liking. And I don't have to accept what you're doing right now. So therefore, you can love, but not like. And those are two different things. So love transcends everything. And I, I remember one time when I was going through some changes, and I was so upset, and I was talking to God, and God, you know, and this kid is giving me a hard time, and this and that, and I was talking to God about it. And I says, I don't know if I want to kill her right now, you know, because I was so upset. And when I would get like that, I would, I would have to go and pray, you know. No, that never happens to any of you, just me. I'm the only one that has to get away and pray. <laughs> and God had to speak to me very strongly He say, you have to love them through it. you got to love them through it. And it changed my perception and my mind. I said, okay, I don't have to like it. Right, right God? I don't have to like it but I can love them through it. And that's when I knew I love my children. I'll give my life for them, do whatever, but I don't have to always like, and neither do I have to defend something that you might be doing that in my eyes is not correct because it's not biblically sound. So therefore, you know, you can love your children and and, and just show them that kind of love, but at the same time, the continued discipline and the continued speaking advice, I don't agree with what you're doing, But I love you anyway because you are my child, but I don't have to agree with this or I don't have to agree with that. And see, that's the problem with some mothers. They feel if they love their kids, they have to love everything they're doing. No, you don't have to love everything that they're doing. But you can still love them as an individual, as a person, and you can continue to nurture them and continue to develop them in the ways of God.
0: And love is a fruit. How many of you know fruit takes time to develop? It, it, It uses the word fruit. And that's frustrating because I would like an, a supernatural dose of sudden love. And I could just deal with everything. I could just, you know, um, be able to stand everything. No, it takes time. Another thing that takes time is patience. And that's another tool that God gives us. Uh, how many of you have ever prayed for patience?
1: Oh, gosh, I have.
0: You know, you've got to be careful. I for stopped what you're doing that. For. Stop doing that. <laughs> when you pray for patience... Patience is a fruit also. In Galatians 5.22, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love. We just spoke about that. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So patience is a fruit, which means that if you want patience, God's going to send you trouble. Oh, yeah, you didn't hear me. When you want patience... He's going to let you go through some frustrating things because patience is developed while going through. Yes. That's so true. And none of you went through, huh? That's why you're praying for patience, huh? No, no, you're praying for patience because you're in the process of it right now. So you're recognizing, I need more of this. But God is forging you in the process. And patience is very important. And mothers have that extra dose of patience for their children. And we praise God for that other aspect of the tool. We already spoke about discipline. What about just simple presence, just being there? Moms, being there provides a succoring. it, It provides a peace. It provides a joy. It provides a stability. Right? What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, it does. It provides a lot of stability. For me, patience has always been something that I've had to work at. I'm the only one. (laughs) <laughs> I've always had to work out but uh, you know it, it, it does bring stability patience is something that you have to you, I used to pray for it too and then I stopped one day you know why because every time I prayed for patience and God would put me through something where I needed patience and then I didn't like being in that place and I didn't want to be in that place anymore and I said I, God I'm asking you for patience not to put me in a situation where I'm going to have to practice patience See, that was my mindset at the time. I'm not asking you to put me this is something where i got to practice now, patience. But then I realized, wait, wait a minute, how else am I going to get patient if God doesn't put me through situations where I can grow in patience? Right? And then I realized I'm not going to pray for patience anymore. <laughs> and that was it. But I still work at it to this day. Patience is something we need to work out as, you know, people. And I think that because... I call it the people factor. You know, every time people tell me, oh, this happened and that happened, I said, the people factor. You know, or Isaiah comes come to me and tell me, oh, this happened with so-and-so, and they told me, the people factor. You know, I think because relationally, whether it's mother and daughter, or mother and children, or father and children, or just relationally between us, we all have to practice patience. You know, we're all in relationships with each other, And sometimes, you know, even your brother in Christ or your sister in Christ can get on your nerves. And therefore, then you have to practice patience. And God has a sense of humor because he'll bring you just the right people to test your patience. (laughs) That's happened to me a lot, to test your patience. And I know some of you know what I'm talking about. Or will bring you the opposite of yourself. So that he could test your patience. You ever, you ever notice like you always tend to gravitate to the opposite of yourself and then it drives you crazy anyway because you're not like them and they're not like you. And then you have to, you know, I think with spouses that happens a lot too. And then you got to practice a lot of patience because you expect them to be like you, but they're not like you and they're not going to be you because God made them individuals and he made them different. So you have to then practice a lot of patience, but it does bring stability once you can get it and say, okay. Okay. You know, but patience is something I believe, and I feel to this day, patience is something that we will work at until the day we die.
0: Amen. Yep, and and going to presence, I remember uh, when I was dating my wife. You know, I, I really loved her very much. I wanted to be with her, but this thing of presence was very irritating to me because her mother wouldn't let her out of her sight. So I had to go to her house. And I had to sit in the sofa, and she couldn't like, sit like, right next to me. She had to sit like, a little separate from me. And then the mother was there. So this presence this thing was very irritating to me. And after two to three years, yeah, I said two to three years.
1: Oh, the sisters, they had to be with them. Well
0: Well, yeah, after two to three years, <laughs> she started giving me the permission to take her out, to go to the movies, and this and that, but I had to take sister. So mother made sure that presence was there all the time. And then when we, got, when we were going to get married, she says, now you're going to get married first by the city, then you're going to get married by the church. Right. So we got married by the city, and then two weeks later it was the church. Well, you know, now I'm officially married to her. You know, now she's my wife. In the city, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I want to I wanna be with my wife now. She said, no, now you, can't be, now you can't even go to the house for two weeks. You can't even get close to her. You've you got to stay further away. Until the church wedding. Even though church. we were legally married. Yeah, and even so, once I was legally about about by right? the church, uh, then we're going. I'm looking for the mother to see if she that'll not be around now. <laughs> we're on the plane. I'm looking around. I'm Overhead compartments. We're, we're, we're in the Bahamas. Where do we go? Where do we go, honey? Where do we? Go?
1: Bermuda. We went to Bermuda. <laughs> I'm
0: going to the hotel room. <laughs> Go to the bathroom, the closets, we're finally free, you know? <laughs> and then we get the phone call, you know, the phone call. Did you get it? All right. Yeah, we're okay. Bye. <laughs> but that presence, let me tell you, yeah. it's special. It's, it, 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 it can save a young lady from guys that all they want is an experience. That's right. They don't really want to love that young lady for the rest of their life. That's right. So it is that very presence, just being there. Uh, Uh, Again, the tough love, the curfews, uh, sometimes going to the school and watching, uh, sometimes hooking up uh, where you could see what texts are saying. Whatever it is, you've got to watch over your children. Mm -hmm. Your children say, don't you trust me? Uh, No, I don't. (laughs) The reason why I don't trust you is not because you're not a good child, it's because you don't understand what's going on. You don't know what's in that boy's mind. You're ignorant to that right now. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. you think it's all in control, you don't know what you don't know. I do. I'm older now. I know what boys are looking for. She knows what boys were looking for because she had a boy after her. She had to keep that boy away from her every once in a while. Is it just me or some of you are blushing? But it is that presence that will keep your children. They don't
1: appreciate it at the moment. You know, they they think the parents is just being so hard on them. Oh, you know, and they hate some children. They hate hate that, and they'll tell you, "Oh, you're just too much," you know, "You're just too old. Your values are old." You know, you get all this kind of you know flack from them. But then you, they realize as they grow older, they realize, "Thank God for my mother that she gave me proper values and she watched over me." Because at that time, I I didn't appreciate it. But it's not till they get older that then they appreciate. And they realize what you're trying to do for them. And that you are taking care of them and nurturing them and teaching them proper values. But they're not going to appreciate it right off the bat. And they won't appreciate it in their teens maybe. But they'll appreciate it when they themselves are adults or become mothers themselves.
0: Amen. And lastly, the mother's best friend. Well, the scriptures say in Proverbs 18:24, There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is that highest manifestation of this very truth. I am her best friend here on earth, but we sometimes joke with each other, and you say, who loves you, babe, you know? And, and when she tells me, who loves you, babe, I said, Jesus loves me. <laughs> and then she'll say, who else? I said, well, you do, you do, you do. See? So, But we know that here on earth, we're each other's best friends, and I appreciate her friendship because she will speak to me in such a way where it takes me from the heavens right back down to earth. I can go through an amazing thing. I'm out there with politicians. I'm going to get you know, honey, what happened? So oh, that's good. Take out the garbage. Brings me back down to earth. And, and, and I'm also that for her. I'm a best friend to her. But ultimately, her best friend, a mother's best friend, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 He, for, he forgives us of our sin. He's with us in our griefs. He helps us to bear the difficult moments. Those moments that humanly you've done your best and you just, you're on your knees. The Lord help me. I'm overwhelmed right now. He will help you during these times. He'll give you the peace of God which passes understanding. Jesus, your best friend. When you go through trials with your children, when you go through your trials with your husband, when you go through your trials with, with you know, relationally with family members at work, he is there with you. He'll give you the strength to be able to overcome that. at uh, temptations. You know, you mentioned sometimes, I don't know whether to kill them or to love them, you know, uh, but seriously, mothers have a lot of temptation also in different areas. He is there to mm-hmm. help us. The enemy will attempt to pull us down, to destroy us, but Jesus will bring us higher and higher and higher.
1: Yeah, Jesus is, um, never fails. Jesus just never fails. We have to always remember that people are gonna fail us. People we love are gonna fail us. Spouses will fail us, our children, uh, you know, we'll fail others because we're not perfect. We'll fail each other. But Jesus never fails. And so one of the things that, you know, mothers, that you can do is when you feel that pressure where you feel somebody has failed you, whether it's your child, whether it's somebody, a sister, a brother, or whoever it is in your life, we can always go to Christ. And we can always pray, and God will give us the answer for the moment and what we need for the moment. And he is our best friend, and he will never fail you. No matter what you go through in life, no matter what life throws at you, know that you are stronger than you ever thought you were because Christ, the living God, lives within you, and you have the power. And a lot of Christians today are sad at walking, but they don't know the power that resides within them to make change, in their lives, and in the lives of others. So always remember Jesus is with you. You have the power to pray. You have the power to make that change, not because you do it, but because your prayers will do it, because God, God will answer your prayers. God will see your prayers. And as you fast and pray, God will say, this is my daughter, this is what you need, this is the strategy you need for your life right now, This is the, I'm going to give you exactly what you need. And God would even tell you, the time, you know, sometimes you'll pray for something and God will even tell you in a year, I'm going to answer your prayer. Has that ever happened to anyone? Because that's happened to me. In a year, you're going to see the change. And right up to the year, I, you, know, you see the change, the rapid change. It's not because I did it by my own power, my own might. It's because my prayers did it. My trust, my belief in God, and my faith did it. You know, praying and interceding for those that we love.
0: Amen. So in closing... We realize Jesus is our best friend. So, Mother, you will go through a lot of struggle. You'll go through a lot of changes. You'll go through a lot of perplexing moments. Know that Christ is with you. He lives on the inside. The Holy Spirit will give you the wisdom, the overcoming strength. You're precious and special in His sight. So if you have had a challenge in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, today is the day to once again reconnect with Heavenly Father. Because your role is so important that you need that extra strength. You know, runners, they run for 5, 10, 15 miles, and when they're doing the marathon somewhere around the 11th or 12th mile, they hit a wall. I don't know if it's called runner's wall or something like that. But then they get what you call a second wind, and then they're able to go. Mothers need a second wind, a third wind, a fourth Mm -hmm. wind, a sixth wind, a seventh seventh wind. You need a continual uh, resurgence of, strength and wisdom and and joy and and you need to do it sometimes when nobody's there with you so today we we bless the mothers we thank god for mothers and we thank god for the god of the mothers amen because he knows you he loves you and you're special in his sight amen god bless you all May we love you. Bless you praise the lord I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for your mothers now, and then we have a quick presentation. So actually, I'm going my wife to pray for the mothers.
1: Father, we pray for every mother here today. I pray that you bless them, that you keep them, my Lord God, that you strengthen them even now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the multitasking ability that mothers have, that you have given us to multitask. We thank you for your blessing upon each and every mother in this place. Father, I pray that this message will, has spoken to the mothers here, and if they're going through situations with their children where they need to begin to incorporate some of the um, things we preached on today, Lord Father, that they will incorporate the prayer and the fasting, that they will begin to see change in the lives of their children, in the lives of their loved ones, in the lives of their family. Father, I thank you for the strength that you have given each and every woman in this place. For Father, I pray right now that you strengthen each and every one of them, a daily strength, Father, to continue to press forward and go on, my dear Lord. Father, that you will give them a, a wisdom and understanding beyond their years right now in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, that they will be able to nurture their children properly, but also... Uh, help other women to understand their position as mothers and as women of God and the power that resides within them. Father, I thank you for each and every woman of God in this place, Father, for they are unique. You've made each and every one of them unique to themselves, Lord God. They are blessed and highly favored this day. Each and every one of you women are blessed and highly favored. Father, I thank you for the value of a mother. Father, for no money can pay there's no money in the world that anybody has that would value the woman, the, the, more than the value of a woman, of a mother, of a woman of God. So, Father, I thank you for their value. I thank you because, Father, they know, they have to know today the importance that, that they carry on their shoulders. Father, and I pray that you continue to bless them, to keep them right now in Jesus' mighty name, Father, that they'll continue to be women of God but also warriors of warriors that will march forward father and do and pick up the slack and do what needs to be done in this day and age father i thank you for these women of god that you continue to bring wisdom to them so that they can impart them into their children and into their children's children i thank you for these women and i pray for each and every one of them that your holy spirit will remain and abide in each and every one of them this moment in jesus mighty name we pray amen